0: shoot the shit they shoot they shoot the shit shoot 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 shooting the shit with chippa hey everybody welcome back to another episode of shooting the shit with chippa i have been doing um lots of reviews um this october Um, And I'm really starting to get a a feel for it. I like it. It, It's not my normal bag. It's not what the podcast normally is, but um, I'm trying to stretch out into different things, things that I might be able to do without a guest. But I think the movie we're going to talk about here uh, requires... Um, a guest. So before I get into who that guest is, and it's someone that you guys really like, and you're going to continue to like, because I say so, um, I'd like to thank my $15 or more a month patrons. You are Aaron Moriarty, Andrew Krauss, Seth Comfort, collaborating online, Seth Decker, Shore Hansen, Goose Robert V. Aldrich, Mike, the gatherer, Kevin CV, Alex Peregrine, Alex Shaw, geeks with shields, green goblin, Patricia Chipman, Brendan Agnew, Christopher Finnick, and GD. Thank you all so much, um your patronage and everybody's patronage. even if it's just a dollar. hell, even if it's just a share of my stuff helps. Um, If you want to help, if you like what you're hearing, if you like the ridiculous amount of content I've put out this month, please get over to patreon.com slash thechippa and throw me a dollar or several. Um, Again, this is not what I do for my main career, but every little dollar extra helps make this better, helps make this more, and it helps me and my family be more happy and more awesome. And with that, my guest is none other than the editor of This Made the Chippa, one of the members of Montresor Media, the head of the film rescue show, Seth.
1: Say hey to everybody. Hey, everybody. What is going on, my friend? You know, I'm just, um, I'm very excited that uh, you and I got to sync up like this in that we've both seen two movies that we really enjoyed at exactly the same times around each other with enough time to then talk about those movies. That is insane synchronicity to me. And I'm here for it, Chippa. I'm it here, here for doesn't, it.
0: it. It doesn't usually work this way. It's kind of like uh, being in college and realizing that, you know, you're taking the same course as somebody that you didn't expect to be. Cause you're in different majors. Right. And you're like, wait a minute. What? Now we just get to drink. Exactly. I mean, what? No, I mean study. No. Um, so, uh, yeah. Uh, as Seth said, we're going to be talking about two movies. We're going to um, double down on our uh, on and make this into two episodes because it's going to be awesome. And these are two movies that everybody loves. Yes. <clears throat> yeah. Everybody loves both of them. There's 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 nothing uh, at all divisive or anything about either of these. Um, before we get into what the first one is, I wanted to say uh, for people that. Um, are catching this that don't follow Seth and I normally. Um, we collaborated on something recently that is not podcast related.
1: Oh boy, howdy,
0: um, we do, did. Do you want to do you want to tell people a little bit about that?
1: I absolutely would. So <coughs> hey, this is what Chip is talking about. Um, not more than a month ago, we got to collaborate working on the seventy-two Film Fest, which is a short film festival. You have basically seventy-two hours to make a short film. Uh, Chippen and I went out on the limb and did two of them in that weekend, and they both were nominated for awards at that celebration. We're kind of riding that high and how good both of those turned out. You can check them out on Montressor Media's YouTube. That's just Montressor Media. Uh, They are called Lather, Rinse, Repeat, a time loop story, and Honey in the Lion's Den, a visual horror palette of charcuterie i i've been calling it a, a horror charcuterie board because it kind of gives you all three things You. oh want. yeah yeah um oh yeah
0: super it, proud it, of both of
1: those uh yeah I, i'm I, I appreciate you bringing that out to shout it out where i'm still riding that high me me too and you know i i appreciate you welcoming me
0: in to be part of it because you know i i'm an off-the-cuff kind of guy i'm 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 a my film experience is cinematography and set, you know, design and, and effects, you know, kind of being there for my friends when they were like, well, we have this great idea, but we don't know how to pull it off. And I love quick shoot from the hip reacting to things and making things work. So sitting down and, you know, when you said, hey, we got some stuff, we'd like some help um, writing, mm. you know, even even back starting with Goldfish, right? Where I was yeah. like, oh, man. Like I've I've interacted with these people a few times. They think I can write. Like I don't know if I can, and <laughs> apparently it's something that I like, and I didn't expect it because it's hard. Do you know what I mean? The the the, yeah. the cinematography, the podcasting, and the everything. Yeah, it's a lot. You know, it, it takes a while and it's a lot of work. But this comes very naturally to me. Um, that does not. And so to get other people that are creative like you guys that actually have had experience with rather, you know, through school or just through doing it, you know, come back to me. Who hasn't touched working on a movie for 15 years <laughs> and then like jump in and go, oh, I mean, I did two. I mean, I have a wife, kids, day job, all these podcasts, all this other stuff. And I sat down with you guys for a weekend and we made two movies. We did it. It blows my mind. It blows Same. my fucking mind. Same. And the, the amount of talent, um, you know. I, I, you know, I wish I just had the list of people in in front of me here, but you know, um, you know, your guys, Brandon, um, unbelievable on on Honey in the Lions, Dan, Aaron, um, you know, uh, Jesse, um, oh God, I'm gonna forget people and I'm gonna feel like a, a Spielman, you know, I'm um, Smoot. <laughs> you just keep going down the list, right? All these people. Um, and I, if I had the list in front of me, I would say all of your names because it was great to interact with you, but just the amount of sheer talent that kind of, you never know if it's all going to mix, right? Yeah. You just never know. And you, you know, you kind of being in like the sidelines of jumping between the two, same with Devin jumping between the two and me just getting to be there, you know, well oh, the, the writing went so well on Latherins Repeat, which I named mind yes. you. Yes.
1: Oh, perfect <laughs> naming, by the way. Perfect. Perfect.
0: Hell of a clever little movie, and then like that—that that went so smooth that it's like, "Hey, Chip of the other room needs some help. Jump over there." And then like we put two scripts together, it blows my mind. So I just wanted to give that a shout out. Everybody that I've met and will meet through working with you guys, thank you all for making my year better. Hey,
1: glad oh, seriously, uh, seriously, <clears throat> I'm I feel equally indebted back to you for for being willing to to extend that time to us because it it always feels like it's going to be a wash until it isn't. And so to leave the weekend with that kind of high, um, for, for, for anyone interested, what, what we're working on at Montressor is like a communist media company. We're, we're all about bringing in people with zero experience because you shouldn't have to kill yourself going to school to learn about the things you enjoy. And if filmmaking is one of those things, that's what we want to empower people on. So it, I think this is a your testament to how fun it was is like the perfect testimonial to anyone listening that's like, Oh hey, I would actually like to try a short film We yeah, and, and, what's,
0: and what's great is it, it was hard work, but it never stopped being fun. Mm-hmm. and the people bred like no one person was you know the diva of it all Mm-mm. and no one person was ever left, you know, on the wayside. If someone had an idea, we'd talk about it, you know, we'd work on it. There was never a, um, it was fully collaborative. There wasn't, there wasn't um, a negative side to it. Um, other than, you know, the aspects that were hard, you know, uh, obviously it's not easy doing something in that short of a period of time. Mm -hmm. And it's even harder when people critique it, you know, but it was a testament to the two trailers were the two highest viewed trailers, Yep, by by a factor of four or five. Yep. on the whole site, and they were up against trailers for movies that were all great. Yeah, that that's the other crazy thing. And then you go and pop them onto Montresor, and now they're all, they're doing you know hundreds of views as well since they came out. And these are movies no one's ever heard of before. Yeah, you know? exactly. It's wild. Yeah,
1: yeah. <clears throat> it, it's it's so fun to feel that feeling of like realness, like you really did it. You know, and no one can take that away from you. I, I defend Tommy Mousseau the same time or with the same idea all the time where it's like, I mean, yeah, the room is what it is, but you can't take it away from that man that he directed a film that got watched by people. You and that's can't, hard. There's nothing you can do to take that away from him.
0: I've heard too, um, What's his head? His his partner in crime there's movie that just came out is actually very good. Mm-hmm. Which is you know, wild, like, and I think was, so was involved in it to some extent, but you know, it, it's really cool to, you know, hear like they didn't stop.
1: No. Yeah, exactly. You know? Exactly. And, and, I mean, and
0: I think that's awesome. I even, agree. Even if was, so is running like an Andy Kaufman style long game and he's going to like <laughs> pop out at some point and go, actually I'm awesome. It, right. Whatever it is, the man genuinely seems excited about what he does. Yeah. And that's, yeah. that's awesome. It, the, um, the,
1: the genuineness you can't remove from him. Like he is, he's feeling exactly what he's feeling to the degree that he wants to feel it. And I really respect that, but you know,
0: with that, with that in mind, um, the, the main reason that we're here is yes. two main reasons, but I did wanted to give that shout out to what you guys were doing and what you involved me in is there's somebody else out there who tries really, really, really hard. Um, <laughs> and, uh, um, you know, but we're going to talk about Dune, folks um, is, is what we're going to talk about here. Um, Ooh, and, uh, boy. and, and I invited you on um, in, what really sparked me to want to talk about this with you specifically was watching the video you and the deep dive you and Jesse did. Yeah. Um, because I, I love lore. I love sci-fi. I love sci-fi fantasy and I am a huge defender that not everything has to be self serious, right? For for sure. every for every um you know for every time somebody says oh you know real cinema you know or anything like <laughs> that it's like what the fuck is real cinema it doesn't it doesn't have to be serious to be real cinema because comedy is real cinema too. Right. Star Wars is cinema no matter what people want to say it's a different type of cinema. Sure. Um, but I'll take my pulpy over the top action sci-fi all day long, but we've really been missing something that really respected a source material and an audience. I don't really think we've had anything that's landed that well. I'd like to say Harry Potter, but JK Rowling can go fuck herself. So (laughs) I'll, 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 and the, the films have really nothing to do with that, but still, um, but since, since Lord of the Rings, right, even, even trying to rekindle that with The Hobbit didn't quite work as well, right? The world was still there and, and all the world building, but a true respect for the people that invested time in this hasn't really been given. So to hear, okay, the guy that somehow made Blade Runner 2049 not suck, um, total opposite, Blade Runner 2049's a fucking masterpiece. Yes, it how is. Did that, how did that happen? Um, you get... Denny Villeneuve, who says, oh, yeah, next, you know what I'm going to do after making a sequel to a sci-fi movie that you and your three friends and no one else have seen? um, (laughs) I'm going to make Dune, that thing that your three weird friends really, really like, and you don't really talk to them when they're talking about Dune. Um, But what I think is really friggin' cool is, yeah, the the, (laughs) – The lead up to it, the the discourse has been very, you know, cinema and hard sci-fi and this versus, you know, you and your cheap, silly Marvel movies and your Star Wars and your corporate this and that. But the movie you eventually get when you sit down to watch it, I feel transcends that whole discourse. Some people don't seem to think so. But me sitting there viewing it, I'll, I'll tell you why I wanted you on. I don't have a historical background with Dune. I know what Mm. Dune is. Yeah. I've seen the David Lynch film. I was very young and and I remember it was something that was on late. And my brother told me, this is important. You have to watch it. And we watched it and it's really long and it's really weird. (laughs) And, um, it's got a lot of people that would go on to be huge, huge, huge stars, doing really strange, very self-serious things in a very weird, very non-David Lynchian David Lynch movie. It's weird, but not in the David Lynch way, which yeah. is kind of interesting.
1: Which all, almost makes it the most Lynchian of all of his films. <laughs> right, because it doesn't feel like
0: him. <laughs> right. it'd, be like if, it'd be like if M. Night Shyamalan turned around one day and went, this is a whiz-bang, high-strung, buddy-cop comedy. Oh, what? Right. <laughs> oh, but the twist? They're both dead and whatever, <laughs> um, but, uh, <laughs> you know, but with, with Dune, I don't have the knowledge of the books. Like with Lord of the Rings, that, that was my bag. Right. I, and I, I read novels in high school and college that were like that. I didn't, I wasn't deep into the Ender's game stuff or the, um, or Dune or, you know, things, things of that nature. I was more into like the hard, like D D fantasy side of things. So I didn't know that Dune was a sci-fi fantasy. Do you know what I mean? Like at least the story. Because Lynch's movie definitely is, but it leans more in the sci-fi. But this this movie that Denny has made, this is like this is sprawling. This is huge. This is like watching Fellowship of the Ring for the first time. And yeah. I don't have the background for it to feel that way for me. So for the movie to have that effect on me means that it has to have really worked. And so I wanted to have someone on with a bit more of a background and know is is that your same take? Like, what did you feel when you know the the opening shots of this movie came up?
1: Yeah. So so my my point of context is I have seen uh, Lynch's Dune um, uh, pretty recently as well, just to just to have it on fresh on the mind. And I have read uh, three of the books. I have not read the entire series. Um, mm-hmm. I. Uh, you mentioned I was part of a, um, a YouTube video that we put out recently. I was a writer in part of the video. I was not as extensively knowledged as the main writer of that video, Jesse Fresco. Um, he's gone like hard in the paint for this. Um, oh, and
0: it was, it was wonderful. And that's why, and I want to point people to that. Cause that was, that helped me. Cause I watched that as soon as I got out of the theater. Yeah. You know, I got out of the theater and I'm like, I like, do you want to know more? Like that's exactly right. I'm like, yes, I want to know more. Like, because right. I have, I have, outside of what the Lynch movie did, I don't really know what's coming. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So I don't know what the book does that's different. What, and judging from what I've heard people react to this, this is much closer. They, they're stripping things out. You got to for time, but much closer to the tone and feel of the book. So yes, yes. Like, it, like all I, you know, and, and a lot of people shit on this one for where it ends, but I sat there and went, put me in a chair and let me see the rest of it right now. Right. I don't feel let down at all. I just go, I need to know. And I'm going to keep putting together in my head what's going to happen now.
1: Right. Exactly. Yeah. So, so to answer your first question, I guess the, um, the, the initial images, uh, I guess specifically from the trailer, I, I, I think we, we kind of had an idea of what it was going to look like from the trailer, but I don't think the trailer did a, I don't think the trailer was capable of doing the job of encapsulating how sparse and broad and wide everything was. Um, and and instead built up the characters, which was, I think, a good trailer move, but the movie itself, like, you're 100% right. It is so much more sprawling Fellowship of the Ring than it is, like, Star Wars, A Force Awakens, which I think had the same, like, energy behind it, but in a different area. So yeah. initial initial images were definitely, like, this feels reverent on purpose, and, like like, almost like if you have a religious friend that is so devout that you respect it enough that you won't even fuck with them about it, you know what I mean? Like, if you have, like, a super Buddhist friend or, or a very Christian friend or somebody that you're like, yeah, they're the Christian friend, but, like, I, nobody nobody makes fun of them for it because they're reverent. Like, it's so special, and that's, I feel like, the tone of the of the initial, like, half-hour setup for me was, like, we are we are just telegraphing how reverent we are for this so by the time it takes off into the movie proper i was like just trying to figure out like what i was missing because it was so against the type it was so against like the regular sci-fi like let me tell you a bunch of snappy things really quick to catch you up really quick this movie went like downright like no fuck that we're going to church and we're going to the church of sci-fi Sit yeah and the, the, the fuck movie- down
0: and they're just like
1: living it. Fucking yes. deal with it. Yes. And
0: and and you know and not in a preachy even though we talked about it, you're right it's not in like a preaching down to you it's going in a this is how this is going to be respect me because I want to take you on this journey. It's almost like the movie's like a dungeon master.
1: Yeah. It's kind
0: of like I'm going to give you a bunch of lore and you're you're my friend. So come on, trust me. That, that you're gonna you're going to enjoy this when we get there. and so the movie ends up feeling more like I don't even know like I, I don't want to use words to make because it's still a movie. it's a yeah, brilliantly yeah. done movie. yeah but it it's like it's like a thing that was already happening that you saw a bunch of people crowded around and you go and show up to and you don't have the balls to ask them to get you up to speed. So you just kind of like try to piece it together yourself. The movie feels lived in. The movie feels like everything that you're seeing, they don't have to telegraph. Like, granted, what I think is great about the screenplay that they have here is they were able to break down things that I'm sure are hundreds of Stephen King-sized pages of (laughs) deep-dive explanation of why the words are pronounced this way and why they're spelled this way and what the space witches really are and, you know, what this is. But instead, they're able to break it down to tidbits of tropes that if you have seen movies like this, you're not going to be completely lost but the movie isn't going to stop to explain it. They're just going to go, that yeah. guy nods like he understands what that guy's saying. So you just accept that what he's saying is legit. Yeah. And and then you go with it. And I think that's a really good way of conquering it. it, it it's similar to the the style that James Cameron uses to push new technology. When he wants to push new technology with a movie, he makes it's the storyline as approachable as possible. Yep.
1: It's binary. It's These guys S- are obviously... Harsh and dark, and these guys are obviously right. light and and earthy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But 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 instead of it feeling
0: derivative, mm-hmm. like like and, and that's the only real negative thing I'll ever say about Avatar, because Avatar I feel is a beautiful hell of a roller coaster ride of a movie. And I respect <laughs> the hell of what they did, but it is not original at all. No. Um th- where where is this, you know, if if Dune had been shot and paced. Like every other sci-fi movie that lifted from Dune, like, unfortunately, what ended up happening with John Carter of Mars, Mm, where, yeah, yeah, they did a really, really good adaptation of John Carter of Mars. It's a goddamn shame the the next 20 sci-fi movies that got made after John Carter of Mars just lifted from John Carter of Mars. Yeah, Because then you watch the trailers and go, so it's Star Wars. Right. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Whereas this, you look at the trailer and there is no mistaking this for anything else than something different. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and do I agree with every single choice in that respect? No, not necessarily. The, the the movie's gorgeous to look at. Sure. Do you know what I mean? But would I have rather it looked like Valerian? Maybe. Do you know what I mean? I'd love a movie that takes itself this serious, but look like Valerian would have been really cool to me. But at the same time, Valerian is wholly unique in how it looks too. Yeah. And I'd rather not have the trailer that evokes more Valerian because that movie was a dud. I love it to death, but it's a dud. (laughs) You know what I mean? This is, this is not.
1: It's an unfortunate, uh, and you and I have talked about this kind of off-air in in more specific terms, but in generalities, it's it's a sad thing that uh, the desaturated um, gray look has achieved this like film bro status across the swath of directors you expect that from. Correct. And I think I think it's unfortunate because movies like Dune, if that if that movement never happened, and you saw this in Dune, you would have thought that was. Like world changing, you would have been like, "Oh, desaturating the movie reflects the the you know black and white and gray of the morals of the story." One hundred percent. You know, so it, I think it's unfortunate for that. It's it, it's going to get lumped into that, and the reasoning for that is sound. But I would say this is this and like Dark Knight and, um, uh, Tenet. And, uh, yeah. you know, this this modern, like, big budget, like, IMAX movement, there are movies within that that do require this desaturated, you know, ink-rejected, uh, ink like, non-colorful setup that adds to this specific experience. Specifically and, and to this, Dune, is what I'm saying.
0: And now. this but, movie never betrays that. It is... No. Every frame of this is gorgeous. It's just... It looks that particular way, but it's a very good version of that particular way. Right. Um, it, it reminds me of how, like, if you go back and watch movies that came out around the time frame of the Matrix, yeah, how every movie was colored just like the Matrix, but none of them look quite like the Matrix. But if the Matrix had been made after, it would have got lumped in which is why the trailers for the new matrix make me so excited because it looks very intentionally not filmed that way.
1: Yeah. So this
0: is supposed to be different. And it's like, Oh man,
1: initially that scared me. But then after watching Dune, I was like, Oh, a reflexive look back at the way that your cultural impact has impacted the culture far enough into the future that you can revisit it with that like meta mindset. Cause that's, That's what Dune is. Dune is just revisiting the ideas from the original book and going, yeah, so all of this was correct and we're living in this world now. Now, how do we retell this story? I see the same things happening in that matrix trailer where I'm like, Oh, the point of the movie is to meta commentary on the matrix, the movie. I can't wait. I can't
0: wait. Especially if it's as good as this. I, who knows if it ever would be for, for, you know, the, the the Wachowski sisters, uh, uh, you know, have one of the most divisive filmographies of any current working director. Cause I think, I don't think there's anyone out there that doesn't respect them. Do you know what I mean? But I think sure. there's a lot of people out there that have been completely let down by a lot of stuff that they've made. I'm not one of those people. Um, obviously there's, there's lesser movies that, that are in their Canon, but you know, I don't think any of them are complete shit. Some of them don't work as well as the others. Yeah. But, um, it's just, it's really interesting that, you know, Denny Villeneuve here, I don't think he's made a bad movie. I agree. And, and there are some that say maybe that's going to his head. I don't think someone that never makes money can have that go to their head. Um, You, you, you know what I mean? That this guy yeah. is still waiting for the breakout hit. I know Arrival made like five times its budget, but Arrival was also a $35 million movie. Yeah. Um, But tell me this. I don't think... We, in our lifetime, because I was looking, I was comparing budgets and budgets sometimes don't mean anything, but sure, for a movie sure. like this, that looks so damn good. Like if this movie looked cheap, then you could say, well, Chris, you know, well, it's it's only $165 million movie. Of course they had to cut corners. I mean, mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. last star Wars movie cost 300 million. It cost double that. Right. And it's like, well, I mean, I can see that on screen in the star Wars movies, but at the same time. I think I'd take Dune over that again. I mean, I want a star Wars movie to look like that, but I'd love to see a star Wars movie made for $165 million by this guy. No, uh, you know
1: what I mean? uh, Literally the scene, the scene that we're introduced to Duncan Idaho on Oh God, that whole sequence. Cause, and they extended out in a way that I was like, you are obviously trying to tell us that you know how to do star Wars without doing star Wars. And that like Dick flex was wonderful to observe in the theater. It was, it was what Vianu could do star Wars. Like he could crush star Wars. He could make Star Wars look like Oscar worthy material visually again. And that's insane to think about.
0: And, and you know, I was I was looking in comparison. The, the only not that I have any issue with JJ Abrams as a director. His movies look fine. It's mm. his writing that gets a little weird to me at times. Totally. But um the closest Star Wars has come to looking like this was The Last Jedi. Yeah. Yep. and that movie cost a hundred and twenty million dollars less than The Force Awakens and The Rise of Skywalker.
1: Yep. Yeah. And
0: so it's it's interesting, you know. And again, I don't know that that's not a, co- a commentary on green screen because there was obviously a shitload of that in this movie, and that's it, not a, yeah. And it's all just, of them, yeah. It's kind of like I always say when a director just knows what their vision is and what they want to make, it sometimes transcends the trope of like. Well, it needs to look a certain way. Like, I'm getting those vibes from looking at the Eternals, right? The Eternals does yeah. not look – it doesn't look like a Marvel movie. And I'm the no. last person to say they're all the fame, whatever. <laughs> but they do have a look. There's they're, they're a product, and they need to have a certain shine and a certain look. And everyone that's gone outside that box – has been a little bit scary. You can imagine to the studio. I can imagine working <laughs> with Taika Waititi for the first time, Scaring right. the shit out of all of them. For sure. Oh, you're gonna make a sketch comedy movie for three hundred million dollars. Are you sure that's a good idea? <laughs> you know, but 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 it worked. Um, th- the same thing here. You know, this guy. It's like when Steven Spielberg does an effects heavy movie, and it's not Ready Player One because that's that's a different beast in and of itself. Sure, but. When he does like an effects heavy movie like Minority Report, and you go, holy shit, like, why does this look so good? And it's because it's a director and a cinematographer and an effects team that know how to work together. Yeah. And yeah. that's how I felt watching this. That, yes. You know, Blade Runner 2049 looked like a sequel to Blade Runner. It had to. He was working within the confines of an existing universe, and the movie still looks unique. But I said, you know, pulling off a sequel to Blade Runner was the impossible task. So Dune's like the lob ball, but then you watch Dune and you go, no, no, Dune is wholly reimagining. the. O- we have two, three, four separate people that have attempted Dune before. We've got the 1984, we've got the Sci-Fi Channel 1, we've got Jadowarski's unfinished thing that, that <laughs> they were, you know. And, and, and then we got this, and it's like, how... How does it not feel derivative? How does it not feel redundant? And still, and again, I'm not going to say your casual, um, you know, 75 year old couple out for a walk in the, you know, mall that go, what are we going to see today? Oh, Dune looks like something good without (laughs) seeing it before are going to enjoy it at all. But I can say as someone with only a passing knowledge of Dune and a fan of the genre, is not going to be left in the dark. Whether yeah. they like it at the other end, I mean, I'm not sitting here telling people they have to love a movie. I'm just really surprised it's it works. I,
1: I would really like to run down the two mental pathways that you set up at the beginning. Basically, yeah, of course, of the course. idea that you you were not familiar going into this uh, beyond a little bit, and I was definitely more familiar. Um, so the, the first path I want to run down is... I could talk about this movie all day and like diving into the minutia. I would like to have a few more watches under my belt before I do Agreed. that. Agreed. Agreed. Um, this is
0: this is literally the it just came out off the cuff right. reaction reaction podcast.
1: Well, and, and on top of that, I, for anyone that's going to listen to both of these episodes, this and the other movie, we're going to talk about um, which I, people I,
0: love too. No, no one dislikes that movie, so it should be it should be a home <laughs> right. run.
1: So I, I want to set up the idea. I am a biased reviewer, and I don't see that as a moral bad thing. Um, I agree. Because I talk about my biases up front. Like, I want you to know my context so that my review makes sense. Because if my context makes sense to you and my review makes sense, you know for sure you're going to like that movie. If my review doesn't make any sense and my context makes sense, then we are probably just very different people, and uh, you're not wrong for disagreeing with me. Um, But I think it's more helpful for me to try to be more subjective because I can at least explain my subjectivity than try to be objective and like reaffirm my objectivity. Does that make sense?
0: Of course, and that's why it's great to have you here because I I approach things the same way. And um, even if I don't like something and I want to review it, I like being able to give points to why I didn't like it and not just have it be a, a dunk game the whole time. This sucks because, right. you know, Dunkin' Idaho is a stupid fucking name and it ruins the whole movie for me.
1: It's basically Hannah Montana for guys. Like, what the fuck is happening?
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, no, no, yeah, so... So, so yeah, what, those those with, journeys.
1: Yeah, with with that idea in mind, um, <coughs> I feel like you and I were both kind of predisposed to like this kind of movie. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't see anything wrong with true. that. I don't see like an issue with that. So with that understanding, knowing that I was going to like this, even if we got the like seventy five percent diluted version, I was still going to defend it. To me, where I, I'm I will at, though, say
0: I I will say though um, the, the caveat to me on that is entering the theater, I was really worried I was going to have a um, a Joker type situation where really. And not, not to the level of, you know, uh, I, cause, cause it's different, right? I kind of went into that going, ah, oh, I'm really kind of sick and tired of this. And the discourse around this movie is sucked, but yeah. I like giving every movie a chance. Yeah. So I got about three quarters of the way through that. And I'm like, oh my God, I think I actually like this. Yes. Yeah, so and then I... it really, it really took it getting to the point where he did his whole speech about what it all meant. Yeah. And I went oh, Um, fuck you movie. And that's where, and then I walked out of it and I'm like, I I don't, like, I'm not going to shit on anyone because there's some people that feel that movie championed, you know, mental disability issues and and healthcare issues. And I'm like, you know what? If you get that out of it, that's awesome.
1: That's a valid opinion. I agree. Yeah. That's a valid opinion.
0: But the movie was just so full of its own shit. (laughs) And I, but, so I was worried that, you know, I was worried I was going to get instead of the the Del- Denny Villeneuve um, masterpiece that we ended up getting. Just and it's not a perfect film, but it goddamn it! How do you how how do you do Dune? Right? No, th- this um, is
1: and- this is my first like consciously as a person who has been now within the area of film criticism for five years. This is the first movie I've gone into that I was like, I know I'm looking at a masterpiece as I'm watching it. The first time correct. Ever I felt that. Like th- I felt. That's- I pop my masterpiece cherry. Like that was a good feeling that, and I, I,
0: I will say, and I told, I told them um, a mutual friend of ours, Ulrich from geeks with shields, this who was like, I don't know, man, you know, your brother didn't really like it all that much, but he didn't hate it. And he was this and that. And he goes, how did you feel watching? And I go, I felt like I was watching fellowship with the ring again. Mm-hmm. And he mm-hmm. went, Whoa, 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 Whoa. And I went, no, I'm serious. I go, I don't think I would rate this as high because I just saw it. And the Fellowship, like. I saw that movie nine times in the theater. Right. You know, yeah. so, but, but this one caught me out of the blue of like, I did not know what each next scene was going to be. Yeah. And it still surprised me and blew me away. And that's really important.
1: No, I, I think, and, and I don't have the vocabulary to voice this on like a film criticism level, but what the idea of what I came away with was Dune is as big as The Lord of the Rings in the scope of what it's trying to tell and is as small with the cast where you identify with each individually identifiable person. Um, There there are nuances in how film has changed over the last two decades, for sure. Like, that's always going to show up. But I feel like they match on the same, like, macro levels of, like, these feel equally huge in that, you know, it's going to directly affect a lot of people, but I don't feel like... I don't feel like all of Middle Earth is at stake initially in The Fellowship of the Ring in the same way that I don't feel like the whole galaxy is at stake initially in Dune. But I also know where it's going to go because it comes from books. And both movies are giving the same reference to those books, which makes me really hype for what the next one is able to then show. Yeah. Ooh, but that's that's where I'm getting too far down the rabbit hole of like, I know where this is going and how much better it gets from here.
0: Yes, and so the the where I was saying is I was afraid it was going to be a movie that was too caught up in its mm-hmm. own mm-hmm. fans. Like like imagine even even though I don't dislike Zack Snyder's Justice League, the discourse about that made having any reverence about it very difficult for me.
1: Sure, sure, sure.
0: You know, even even though that movie is similar in tone to what they're going for here, it's meant l- r- Be in reverence of this. A lot of work was put into this. I care about this. And it's like, yes, (laughs) I very much agree with you, but I couldn't get past, was it just being directed by the self-aware fans of it rather than that? So to see a movie that felt like, no, this is someone 100% in control of what they're putting on screen, there's no pretense here.
1: I think the most exciting thing for me, who knows what the story is, I get to watch it from that context of the movie that we got is 95% true to the first half of the first Dune book. And as a reader of the book, to know that that's how dedicated they are to that, I can tell you confidently the first half of Dune is boring compared to the second half. Not only on like a structural level, but on a political level, on a romantic and emotional level, on a power scaling level, on all the levels that you want to see the characters we just saw in this first two and a half hours blow up, Dune pulls them all off with equal like nuance and like like it. F- it feels so prescient to happen right now that it's almost amazing to watch it happen because I know. I'll spoil one thing in a very general sense that's not going to ruin anything for anybody. Um, In in Dune, the movie we watched, Paul Atreides is a white savior trope. Like, fully. 100%. Oh, yeah. For anyone who is thrown off by that, let me tell you, that's on purpose because the second half of the book is picking apart the white male trope to expose... How toxic it is for the world and for the galaxy at large that's what's it. coming and and to me, it feels like the movie was building to that to end on the white trope savior thing as the end of your film to go like yeah that's that's our climax it It's like front loading the joke so that anybody who's heard the joke before knows what comes after the knock knock joke like it's like you know the knock knock joke that's coming. You're like, oh fuck, they're gonna get everybody, and it's gonna be awesome.
0: Oh, that makes me so happy. And and I know a little of that, but just like, what a perfect actor for them to choose to pull that off. Because exactly, Ch- Chalamet, I've 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 really liked in most of the things I've seen him do, but he's so damn punchable. Exactly, do you know what I mean. Yeah, and he does such a good job in this one of making you
1: really like him. He's so innocent. It's like and yeah. I know, I know how like shady <clears throat> he is as a person. I'm like, "Damn, you play innocent really well in this world."
0: It, that the scene with him and like the the high witch there. Yeah. Um is fucking brilliant cuz as soon as his mum's out of the room and he goes to like defiant little prick and I'm like, "Holy shit." Yep. Like yep. It, it it's awesome. And I, and, and I didn't want to drive you away. You, you made a very good point. That reminded me of fellowship of the ring. When, when yeah. I got out of fellowship of the ring opening night, 11 PM well, the night before it was a Wednesday, um, m- me and my brother turned to each other. And th- the reaction after the credits roll in fellowship of the ring was, well, they made the l- most boring book in the entire series, a fucking banger.
1: Yeah. So
0: if they pulled if they pulled off fellowship, it's 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 not. It's an in the park home run. You know what I mean. We're we're just gonna walk nice and slow and show off for the next two movies. Exactly. Especially since we knew they made them all at the same time. You know, it's like you can't fuck this up. Now we we don't have exactly that here. But I also don't think that's something to criticize the movie about. That's a completely other issue. No. Yeah. Totally. you, You were saying that you thought paths I brought up. You wanted to keep going down.
1: Yeah, so the other one is um, an interesting thing comparing this with Lord of the Rings is Lord of the Rings was answering kind of like a zeitgeist call of the film community, which was do we need trilogies or should we just do sequels? Is it better to do Batman and Batman Returns or is it better to try to continue your series with diminishing returns? And Trilogy Fever set off with Lord of the Rings pulling off a perfect trilogy. I don't care who you are, I don't care where you're at. There is not a trilogy of films that executes on the level of pumping up the jams that the Lord of the Rings trilogy does so far.
0: No, there hasn't been. And a lot of people come out and try to do the Star Wars thing, and I'll remind them that just like the new Star Wars trilogy that you all like to shit on for not having a plan, they hump in the middle. Did that. Neither did that original trilogy. So it doesn't matter how much you love A New Hope, Empire Strikes Back, and Return of the Jedi, even if you like them more than The Lord of the Rings, good on you, there yeah, isn't yeah. a more perfect trilogy of films.
1: There, there's Subjectively,
0: least, there can't be.
1: There's at least a 1% decline from Empire to uh, Return of the Jedi. Like, I, I, I can understand being in that area, for sure. Like, I don't think anyone's wrong for believing that way, but I think in general, we agree... Empire is better of the last two movies in that trilogy. Whereas Lord of the Rings punches up every time. Yeah. Unbelievably. And, and it earns its 18,000 endings.
0: It really, it really does. And it, you know, when it, it, it was smart of them. I mean, when, when fellowship is pulled off that, well,
1: you mm-hmm. know, that
0: year the Academy went, well, we're giving this movie the Oscar mm-hmm. and they went, you know what? No, no, no. Give it to the third one because we can tell. Yep. They're just going to keep getting better.
1: They deserve <laughs> like it. So, so with that idea in mind, um, what this Dune film, I think, is asking, and I would go as far as to say demanding of the audience, is the question, do we need three movies, or, we, or could, we do, could we do two long movies? Would mm. it be better to have a two-year experience with two and a half hours in the theater than a three- or four-year experience with six hours in the theater? Uh, or, or six hours total, two hours per movie versus two and a half total to tell a five-hour story. I feel like that it's demanding, I fucked up the math, but it's demanding the question of like, could, can I end a movie in the middle of the beginning of act two? Is that yeah. allowed? Because that's really what happened. Like, if you've seen the film, what you've seen is the first act and then the first like coda and a half into chapter two of the book and the end can get bounced down very quickly. But if you know the book, you know what I mean? You know what can be cut now that they're cutting things out. Like the, the men is a perfect example to bring up. Um, do you know what a Mentat is? Chippa?
0: I, I do. And that's been annoying. A shitload of people. Is that going to be the Tom Bombadil of Dune? Is that what's going to happen here?
1: I'm almost like a hundred percent sure it is. And I'm so glad you get that reference. Cause that's a perfect analogy.
0: Because that that was one that I got sick of real quick. Well, Jackson didn't do Tom Bombadil, and it's like a oh, fucking Christ Almighty. Which like,
1: <laughs> which like, fair people of the book who love Tom Bombadil, he is the Jesus analogy of Tolkien. For no, Tolkien. And, it's, and it
0: and it's awesome when you read it. it yeah, it just it would have completely slowed the movie to a useless point.
1: It's like Santa and the uh, Chronicles of Narnia. You do not fucking need the dude to like equip them with their stuff. He doesn't need to be there. Anyways, that's a different uh, conversation. Mm, um, yes, but
0: <laughs> two of us went to went to religious organizations when we were younger and read the Chronicles of Narnia a lot.
1: Yes, you had to. And, com- and
0: they're still great books. Fuck it, I don't care. No,
1: no, killer, killer series. You cannot dude if if i if I got to do a prestige uh, like uh, long series film, the magician's nephew is like the first thing I would snap at oh, I, would be like, I could shit I could crush the magician's nephew. i know I could do it anyways. um so that idea of like dune asking, can we give you one and a half movies and that be okay if we promise that the second movie will be as good as what we just gave you, but you you literally are getting cliffhangered in a new meta way of like I know what happens after the encounter at the end of the movie that ends the the dune film proper. I know what happens after that, and I agree ending before that is way better than ending on it. it'll make sense later for sure, but i'm i guess my my like Cultural curiosity is will people be okay with one and a half movies? And so, my question to you is if, if that is the context for what you saw, do you feel like you got enough one and a half movie off of what you saw, knowing that you will get oh, another I, movie and a half to end it out?
0: Absolutely, and, and you know, and I don't say that you know lightly because there's an obvious point, um, I'd say about 20 minutes prior.
1: Mm-hmm. To where mm-hmm. the
0: movie ends, where you go, okay, wow, the credits are gonna roll soon. You know what I mean? That that it's just how it feels, right? Yep, yep. But but I really like that little extra bit, that in, that encounter, that setup of okay, you've now been accepted in. This is it, it's giving you a because l- because we we get very little exposure outside of. They're people that everyone that ever comes to this place to mine this spice are afraid of because basically they're the poor people. Watch out for the poor people. Um, The Fremen are like this weird, like otherworldly, like maybe mystical kind of thing overarching the whole movie. You know, even the people that we interact with that are Fremen don't want to admit it. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 And it's like, and I, I love the way that they keep them at bay. Like they're almost like a force that you don't want to be near for a while. Yeah. Um, so having that interaction with the, you know, you just had to learn of like a traditional right of our culture. And now we're letting you in is a great setup for the next movie. And I don't know if. People are just too cynical. I'm trying to figure out, Is am I this excited about it because I know so little? Like, I mean, I know the original movie. I, I know where 84 Dune goes. Yeah. But this feels wholly different. It feels like it's playing with the same characters, but in a different way. And I don't know the book, so I don't know how different that way is, but I don't know. It just really, it, it set me off as like, I really want to see what happens next instead of, Oh, so they started a story up again and now they're just going to end it on me now.
1: Yeah. It's, it's like, um, Westworld, the first season when that came out and all the, all the reviews ended with, well, that was a cool prequel. And it's like, you know what?
0: (laughs) This feels a lot. and, And again, I don't. If people don't like Westworld, I'm not trying to make you think. If you haven't seen Dune, that. It, but it feels Westworld let you live and feel and be confused by that world. Right. That first season, and this really felt like that.
1: Yeah. It, it's it's kind of the the fusion of prestige TV and prestige filmmaking, which. I think a lot of people are are hungry for, and it's I, I, important to point out to me, anyways, that um, Greg Fraser shot this Dune film. Um, God damn, Fre- <laughs> Greg Fraser is one of the best living cinematographers currently. In the in just the last like twelve years, um, you can yep. you can literally start and watch his career go from Matt Reeves to Matt Reeves if you start in two thousand ten, but his big call to like fame is that he's worked on like the Mandalorian and uh rogue one, which was shot kind of more TV like, and he's got this Ro-
0: rogue one looks way more like this than any star Wars film does. Exactly. And, can and, you, and,
1: and you can tell that rogue one is the <clears throat> visual bridge from star Wars to Dune for him where the he goes, sh- the, well,
0: shot, can- the shot of the star destroyer over the Jedi temple city. Or the place yes. was, is is not there's never been a Star Wars movie that's had a shot like that. Yes. It's yep. all about look at how fucking big this all is. Like that's what <laughs> it's going for. And and it's they, re- they repeated. static.
1: They they repeated that on um Arrakis too to show the double yes. moon. And that oh. felt like pitch black to me for a second. And I was like, oh, oh. fuck, we're getting into the fun sci-fi area, aren't we?
0: Well, that—that's what I mean. For someone to look at this and not see joy or fun in it, like I was literally enjoy watching this, even oh, though yeah, yeah. there's not a lot of joy going on on screen. There's not a lot of levity. There's not a lot of humor. These are, you know, b- but they're not done in a cynical way. This is in a. This is a real world with real stakes. And Arrakis is a depressing, fucking awful place.
1: Like, well, and, and, there's there's almost like definitely a. Eurasia outlook on the world versus um, New Zealand's outlook. Verse, if you were to compare like Jackson to Vianu and be like, yeah, I get the like New Zealand cheekiness in the Lord of the Rings that Vianu is bringing that like French seriousness to. And Hell yeah. So it's like, it's like they're painting their own flavors on different uh, chips at the end of the, you know what I mean? Like it, it's, it's the same build underneath, but we're getting the flavor of the person and Jackson is way more cheeky and that makes the Lord of the Rings really fun but Vianu brings a seriousness that makes it religiously reverent and that's equally as impressive to me because it's executing on the same cheekiness that the Lord of the Rings pulled out when it doesn't have to be serious.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And it just, you know, it just really worked for me and I I brought I brought my friend Jim um, the, the the one who who's sick, the one who had a stroke back in November, and this is the first time he's gone out to the cinema since that happened. Wow! And he had said, and he had said to me, "I really want to see Dune."
1: Yeah, yeah And yeah, yeah. He's read
0: he's read the books. He he owns the David Lynch version, and we we were you know damn near silent except for the fact that i was telling him what the subtitle said because he's his eyes are a little fucked up oh gotcha gotcha. but um but he was you know and i turned to him at the end and i go what did you think and he can be a cynical 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 person and he turning he goes what he's saying he goes it was beautiful and i went yeah and he's like it it's dune damn you know what i mean and he was just—he's—he's he's like it's everything I wanted it to be. That was wonderful. He's like the the copters, like who who's pulled off a thing that has flapping dragonfly wings to fly and make it right. work?
1: What the fuck? And to make it feel like a Vietnam, like <coughs> accessible vehicle as well as like a a Halo diver pod. Like it, it feels like it's combining two different areas of like sci-fi and action into this really fun, unique like. Oh no! Yeah, it would be cool to kind of be on a flapper out in the middle of the desert. That makes me feel like a badass.
0: Yeah, no, it, it was very fucking cool. That's the thing. The, the movie just oozed cool, and, mm-hmm. and it oozed lore. It, you know, I was I was telling Geeks with Shields guy there, Ulrich. You know, it felt like it felt like it was doing Warhammer. Yeah, at times. Just that, that reverence of like, you know, we're like, this is going to be big and people are going to be like, you know, in big armor and you know, the, the families and the houses are going to have names and statuses and bagpipers playing their music coming uh. out and I'm watching it and I'm going, this, this shouldn't work. This, this should fold under its seriousness and somehow yep. it doesn't.
1: It, it's like, it's like, um. <clears throat> it's like camp wrapping back around to reverent cinema because I think, yeah. I think cinema is both like cinema is the spectrum from camp to self seriousness. And I feel like Dune exists in this like secret back room where it's like, we're being really fucking campy, but we're taking it so seriously that if you called out the campiness, you look like the asshole instead of well, us. I, I mean,
0: it, it's exactly it. Like, you know, to, to, t- you know, take something back from people that I hear taking piss out of this movie a little bit, you know, it's, it's a movie basically about a trade war. And there's also people that take drugs to kind of maybe believe, or maybe actually have powers. And there's giant worms and space witches. And if you say it that way, it kind of sounds like star Wars, right? But it's all really serious. Right. (laughs) You know, it's like,
1: it, it it's serious in in not only it's initial like like doing the book was written in the 1950s like i cannot tell you how prescient that novel is and for the novel to go from prescient to accurate to nostalgic for its prescience that's yeah. really fucking weird to watch
0: yeah and you know there is a way like not again i actually like the film 300 but the film 300 is not high art, you know, in terms of its writing or anything else. There's times where this could easily feel like that movie, with like the lore, like the you know, you are a, a you know, Atreides, blood, a blood, a blood, like that. That like you know, it can it could feel very like um, trying to be Shakespearean, but seeming more like a high school play of Shakespeare. But 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 instead, no. it, it no. works really well.
1: You are you're right and I I know exactly why. Um something that wants to reference Shakespeare is looking down at you for not understanding the reference whereas Dune says here's the reference and you say oh I don't know. They say well it doesn't matter. The story's going to happen regardless and you're going to recognize the story beats. So when we eventually wrap it back around to this, you'll get caught up and that'll be fine. So it feels like a like a respectful mature handshake of like yeah, their eyes turn white as they compute things, but we don't need to go into that for this story right now. So, yes. like, why take the yes. time to do it?
0: And I and I didn't know that, right? But I picked, but but it happened a couple times, and I went, oh yeah, like that's what's going on. I exactly. Don't know exactly what's going on, but and like the you're right, it it was missing over explanation and on purpose, it,
1: it, on purpose, I think for and, sure,
0: and it's funny. Because another movie that felt very similarly to this, but um, lost its ability to do that in one key part, was Interstellar. Ooh. Where I, I love it. Have you seen Interstellar, right? Oh, many times, yes. Okay, so, so I, I really like Interstellar. But Interstellar was written by Christopher Nolan and his brother for them not to direct. Interesting. They they wrote it for Steven Spielberg and you can tell
1: that makes so much fucking sense now that you're saying it
0: because the movie doesn't feel like a Christopher Nolan movie. It feels like a movie where the visuals are supposed to tell the story. Mm -hmm. And I love Christopher Nolan to death, but his stories are very surgical and they're very matter of fact. Everything he wants you to see and understand. He tells you to see and understand, even if he's misdirecting you. Steven yeah. Spielberg wants you to feel an emote and take something different away than he might not have intended. Right. Nolan is never that guy. Nolan's like, no exact, I might not tell you what you were supposed to interpret, but I'm telling you exactly what I wanted you to see in here. Yeah. And interstellar fails only for me when they get to the black hole and they have to throw a character into the black hole to explain to you what you're seeing. And you can tell the script was, and then Steven makes it visually impressive and it tells you what's going on. Yeah. Nolan's like, ah, whether it was a focus group or someone that said they didn't get it, but
1: that's, I'm like, didn't he have to bring, never does that. Didn't he have to bring Dan Harmon in to figure that sequence out too? Yes. Yes. (laughs) Which, yes, that's just, that's just nerd trivia. That's just me like flexing over here. My bad. Um, but that that (laughs) for for what you're, Go, Go ahead. ahead. Sorry. No,
0: I was just gonna say that came out back when um, "Ain't It Cool News" was still a relevant thing. Um, it's still there, but oof. um, but they had this <laughs> guy on there called who called himself Copernicus, who was a scientist that reviewed films, and he would do he would review the film as a film, and then he would review the film as to how good the science was. Uh-huh. And his breakdown of Interstellar was wonderful. I'm sure because he the, the the he did a really good one on gravity as well, which 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 I thought was great. But um uh, to direct back to Dune, Dune doesn't make the mistake that Interstellar does. It all o- the only time in the movie I think where Dune explains anything really is when the witch lady pulls out that needle and tells him what the fuck it's gonna do to him if she stabs him with it. Right. And the only re and you know, they do, this is a crisp blade, but, but they don't go. It's like, it's an important thing. Just feel good that I'm letting you hold it. God right. damn it. Yeah. Like I'm, uh, you know, whereas a lesser director, would have been like this is a Chris blade flashback to the forging of the Chris blade.
1: Yeah, and, you know yeah, yeah, the yeah.
0: five families. Who's you know like no this we don't need this. Like th- this is just it's important to them, which means it's important to you. Moving on,
1: right? Well, but- like something that that through me, um, who knows the like Dune history is they went into this movie assuming you don't know anything about this universe. And then they went a step further and said, you also don't need to know the 10,000-year backstory that Frank Herbert wrote for this. Because this is a J.R.R. Tolkien situation where he wrote back history for this story, including why there's no supercomputers or AI machines around. Because in the world of Dune, they decided that wasn't a good option and just fought a war against AI and machines. And, and,
0: and you know, I, that really allows the movie to feel more personable and human.
1: Doesn't it? Exactly. Um, like
0: it, it like, because, because people have to make decisions that feel more medieval. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? That, that feel more, more immediate in life and death and not just a, why don't you just call it an airstrike with the so-and-so or so another? Like I, I even loved when the, when the spice harvester is about to, get taken by the sandworm yeah. and they're like, you know, okay, the machine isn't going to work. What do we do now? And it's like, well, they have to keep harvesting the spice. Right. And it's like, you have no plan B like that's it. And it's like the technology feels. And again, that's the idea. They left them with shit technology. That was the whole point of, it was a setup or, right? you know, is, is, but, but still it's so cool to see it be broken down to, do you know, you, a human needs to solve this problem. Yeah, this is not this is not going to be solved by, you know, uh, a daring escape or someone that you can just call in or a computer setting up a force barrier. I love the idea that, like, even the tech they have, why don't you just put a force field around it? Well, that actually just attracts them and makes them more pissed off. Right. And I I also love that the tech on the shields only slows it down. Exactly. So fucking cool and visualized so well.
1: And that this visualization is also achievable within edit without After Effects. That, yeah. to me, as an editor, watching that happen and go, oh, I could do that. Wait, I could do that effect? That's yeah. awesome. How did you
0: do that? It it reminds you of when you watch like Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind and you realize that that motherfucker does almost all of his effects in camera and then Exactly. rolls out.
1: Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's exactly what it feels like. For it's like sure.
0: how, how 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 do you mess with all the shot looks? Well, I just took some um I just took some and smeared it all over a glass and held it in an angle in front of the camera. You did what? Yeah, no, that's how I pulled that
1: shot off. Oh, right. All right. Sure. That's all we needed. <clears throat> no. Yeah. So,
0: oh man, we could talk about this thing for hours.
1: I really, I, I, it's a 10 out of 10 to me. I think to the average, like cinema person who goes to see movies, I would hope they would see this as like a strong seven to eight. Oh, overall. It's,
0: it's an, it's an eight and a half to nine for me. And it's only cause I've seen it once. Um, I, I, it, it could easily approach a 10 out of 10 easy. I,
1: well, and not to reiterate the Lord of the Rings thing, two towers used to be my least favorite Lord of the Rings yes. film, and now it's my most yes. favorite. So like these things can fucking shift year well, to no. year. And, and it's, it's only
0: because I, I, I like letting movies soak. You know what I mean? That That's the thing in this movie. Totally. I have not stopped thinking about it. And I was worried that it was going to be like, okay, cool. I loved it while I was watching it. And then I'm going to go, ah, well, and I haven't gotten the ah, well moment. Everything is, I want to know more. I want to think more. The fact that I believe that Jason Momoa has more charisma than most living human beings. Totally. but, But I've never watched him in a film where I've gone, wow, Jason Momoa is a really good actor. I felt that way this time. He was really good in this.
1: And and oh fuck. And oh uh, god damn it. That that was the other cool thing.
0: Um, I really liked the visualization of like they didn't just hit you with the and watch out for that spice. It's gonna make you trip and it's gonna make you see stuff. They let you kind of get that. Like you know, and then hearing the, the oh he's really sensitive to oh well, what does that mean? Well, he's going to see multiple versions of his own future, and we're not really going to explain that that's what he's seeing. Right. So the first time I'm like, did he just fucking die? I'm like, Paul Atreides doesn't die. Like I <laughs> even know that. Like what the fuck's going on here? <laughs> you know. I, I, um, oh,
1: fuck! I'm I would be ruining things if I no you don't even you, commented. You don't have to.
0: I, I was going to say, I, I want to, since we have another movie to talk about, I, I just wanted to, to um, to try to wrap this, but to say, you know, you, you said it's a perfect 10 out of 10. I could easily get there. um, But I want to tell people something very important because we're going to release this the weekend it's coming out. This is not a movie that's for everybody. I am not sitting here telling Correct. you you're wrong for not liking it. Totally. I'm not sitting totally. here telling you you're wrong for outright hating it. But I will say... That if you're healthy and you're able, this is a movie that you owe it to yourself and you owe it to the people that put time into it to find a way to see this in a theater. Yeah. Or at least watch it on HBO Max. People need to know that people want to see more. Yeah. So this this is the, you know, buy a ticket for your friend's show even if you're not going to show up kind of situation here. And I don't say that lightly because there's a lot of directors that are going to be just fine. This guy, it's going to get to a point where whoever's children he's holding hostage are going to be let go and they're going to stop giving him money to make movies (laughs) the tank. Um, Now, to be fair, it is now making great
1: movies the tank, to be clear. It has
0: (laughs) now made its budget back in its single U.S. release weekend. Has it? Well, if you take the international, because it's been out for two weeks overseas. Um, it is made. It has made 170 million dollars. So it at least didn't have the Blade Runner problem, where it took it its entire theatrical run to make its budget back. Right. So that that's a good sign. <laughs> it's good at least sign. more
1: popular than Blade Runner. And I mean, aren't most things?
0: I mean, that was yeah. that was the problem with Blade Runner before they made the sequel, right? Hey, this is a Ridley Scott sci-fi noir movie. Oh, man. So it must have made a billion dollars, right? No. <laughs> you overestimate not, how not, important that Not minus. at all. And it has Harrison Ford. So it must have been a huge hit. Not at all. <laughs> In fact, people hate it. What? <laughs> It was it was advertised completely wrong and cut to shit. It, it is oh.
1: it, that has got to be one of the most bankable movies nowadays. Like looking back to be like this oh is yeah. this is how I
0: this is how I don't understand why Blade Runner twenty forty nine wasn't a huge hit.
1: Right, it's Luther got a fucking Hanna? solo.
0: What? Like I, you know, like we literally just we we convinced Harrison Ford to show up for a Star Wars movie. Now he's in something else. Like right. go see it. Uh, Anyway, so Dune, go and see it. Seth, closing thoughts on Dune, my friend.
1: Closing thoughts, man. Um, Yeah, I think if you you hate the Lord of the Rings series, but you've suffered through it for someone you loved, this will be that for you, and I can't recommend it to you in that case. But if you're the kind of person that is waiting for that once-a-decade experience of epicness on a scale that doesn't feel like it's trying to cater to you. It's not trying to like, there's no ball strokery in this. There's no like, oh, you like sci-fi? This is gonna tickle your goat. It's like, there's none of that. It's like, we wanna show you new things. Do you wanna see new things? That's what you're gonna see. And you're gonna see them in the context of the thing that you love, which is Dune. And I think that is worth its price alone. In, In the same way that like, if you hadn't read the Lord of the Rings series when you saw Fellowship of the Ring... But then it brought you back to read it. That still fucking counts to me. Like, that's powerful.
0: Absolutely. So that, so that's Dune. Go yeah. see it. Go see it so those of us that spend hours talking about it can see more. Because they didn't. I still, Warner Brothers is stupid. But anyway, they still didn't let him just film the whole fucking thing. So if we don't go see it, we're not going to get the whole fucking thing. And that's depressing. I agree.